It's the Polini Perspective. Patrick, we're up to like episode, I don't know, we're heading towards episode 120, 125. I, I mean, you are now a podcast veteran, really. I mean, you could actually be giving tutorials on how I'm to podcast. I'm actually almost going to get, my number of episodes is now going to surpass the actual people who listen. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. Right. When we hit like 200, it'll be more episodes, but you know, right, yeah. hey, you we have got- your loyal fans. You have your it's, loyal fans. It's all good. It's all good. How are you, by the way? Is life good? Life's good. I mean, crazy times, as you know, nothing, you know, as things change, they get the same, you know, still, you know, we got the building going on the, the, you know, as you start heading toward the fall and, you know, people have been on vacations and, you know, mayor's got quarantine hotspots and it's just, you know, you think it would, I was saying this before the show, you you would think it would get easier to navigate everything. Right. It's not, it's actually gotten harder. Really? So, yeah, um, I know. Because it, it's there's not really an end date in sight, right? I have to imagine for you, the Fox team behind the scenes, it's like I just think just with to, everything, all, and you know, you know me. I usually, I just think now it's been like five months. Kids aren't going back to school. Colleges reopened, and like you saw yesterday, uh, UNC, you know, North Carolina Chapel Hill opened yeah. for one week. And now they said, nope, sorry, we had two big clusters. It's a disaster. Um, go back home. We're going to do virtual. Yeah. One week into the semester. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. The problem is, there, I saw a video yesterday. And again, you see these videos. You don't know if they're true, not true. But I believe it was um, Northern Georgia University or Eastern Georgia. Well, I don't know. School, uh, University in Georgia. The party was insane. I mean, if I was in college right now, you think I wouldn't be partying? Well, the Villanova basketball coach just did a PSA, right? Villanova, they had a huge picture of all these kids. I don't know if they were out at a bar at Villanova or whatever, or at a, you know, a off-campus house party. But then he comes on and he's like, guys, you, we all love to party. We know what it's like to be in college, but not this semester. And there's just like 300 of them gathered at this party. You're not going like- to stop kids from partying. You're not going to stop kids from having sex and going to things. It's just not going to happen. No. So either leave them home or lock them on campus, let them party, let them all get it and see what the hell happens. Like, like, a, like. You can't I mean, do that, though, right, for liability? You're going to have parents that are like, why did you do that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a tough – it is. Even, and then you got, you know, the whole teacher thing, kids not going back to school. That's a travesty. I know. A lot of kids do need to go back, but it is – They need to go back. And, again, I don't have all the answers. I argue with a teacher friend of mine all the time. You know, I get the buildings are old and you got to keep people safe and – Yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, you're an essential employee. You're critical. You're critical to the fabric of the country and our children, right? Nurses went back. Reporters went back. Police went back. Healthcare, fire, all, I mean, grocery store clerks, truck drivers, delivery people, retail people, bartenders, They all went back. Well, even if you go to a Costco, for example, right, on a Saturday afternoon, completely open, you know, whatever, 7 to 7, you have hundreds and hundreds of people in a Costco coming through, waiting in lines, touching things. At the end of the day, I'm I'm sorry. It's never going to be perfect. So 
they this is this is the unions leveraging their political clout on leaders of these cities and districts and so forth. And again, I don't have all the answers. I don't pretend to. Okay. But what I do know is you could do one third, one third, at least get the, at least get these kids in two days a week. Right. To do. Yeah. Listen, to get- we, we have teacher friends who I can't go back. I can't go back. Oh my God. Can't go back. And yet they're in freaking Disney last week. Like stop. Uh- <laughs> stop. <laughs> okay. And they, they literally were in Disney. So your teacher friends argue their own safety. Right. Well, That's their two, argument. Two different ones I'm talking about. OK. Yeah. And and so they just fear that they'll get it. But listen, they're OK with doing yeah, other things. I mean, listen, the one makes great points. I get it. Like, you know, you have a lot of teachers who are, who are older. They have children home. But. like, You've got to go back. And like maybe, at some point. Yeah. And again, <clears throat> I, I th- to me, I think it's, you know, a third, a third, a third. So one week you go back. A kid goes in two days a week. The next they go in three or I've seen a few states who I you know, are doing younger kids go back. They're more they're less likely to get it. And if they do, they're much, much, much less likely to be impacted by it. They're also when they're home, they're not out like at a playground or on a youth soccer team or, you know, partying with kids at a high school, you know, weekend. Right. Function. Right. And then going to see the adults and so forth. So you know what? At minimum, K through five, you go back two to three days a week. You rotate based on your your alpha, you know, the last name of your your the the you know you know A through L or whatever. Well, and, okay. And you want to keep middle school and high school back? Fine, because you know also middle school and high school kids can stay home alone, and then parents can go to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Assuming their company has people coming back, so. You're going to have kids home one straight year, basically. That, that That's that's just wrong. It's wrong. I'm sorry. It's wrong. Now, what has Montgomery County decided? You know, I know whatever things- the unions, whatever the unions want them to decide. So and what's the, the latest? Want the un- them to stay home. So right now they're home through January. All right. They okay. tried to stop private from going back because it would have, you know, it, you know, from from both from I think a funding standpoint with with kids going from public to private, or if private had to close, they may have started their kids in public. Apparently, Montgomery County in particular had such a low enrollment; it's really going to impact their funding. All right, uh, but listen, I, say what you want; they're taking their lead from the unions. It's that simple. Okay. They've had months and months yeah. to figure this out. And, and again, the buildings are old. Yes, it's going to cost some money. I get all that. However, you got to figure it out a little bit, right? You got to, because Zooming at home is, I mean, listen, yeah. because here's what's happening now. I said this a few weeks ago. The kids who are going to be most impacted by staying home again are the kids who are underserved, not just black children, but minority children in poor neighborhoods, inner city students. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I got neighbors creating these privileged pods, I'm calling them. Right. They're, they're, they're getting four or five kids in their yes. palatial basement. They're getting a tutor who comes in and teaches a mat. They're creating their own little self schools. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, yeah. at 50 bucks an hour per kid. 
Right. So then what happens to the kids who don't even have internet or don't even have computers, right? I mean, you know, like we ran at on Fox five plus, we ran teacher lessons every day. Yeah. March, April. I was, I think it started April, April, May, and June, because we know that, listen, there's an underserved community here. That's going to be even more underserved. I agree with you 100%. They get left behind. Right. The kids in all these middle class and upper class neighborhoods. And I'm not just saying these are, uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't, uh, I'm not saying just black kids by no means. Oh, I'm sure. About poor white kids all across this poor country. White kids too. Poor Hispanic. Poor anybody. neighborhoods. Yes. But yeah. th- this is a real issue and it's a serious issue. And, you know, I think sometimes, again, in these certain counties we live in, these in certain districts, we're still in a bubble, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'll, call, I'll hire a tutor. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll send my kid to private school. Well, a lot of kids don't have those luxuries. And we do live in a bubble in our area. I mean, now even I live in Loudoun County, you know, I mean, a lot of people have so much. They are so wealthy. So, yeah, those kids are going to go on to thrive. Um, but, yeah, you talk about. I just think any children being home yeah. for that long. And you know what the other thing is? They're all playing together. I mean, gosh, they're yes. all in the pool. My my neighbors, there's 40 kids in the pool. <laughs> what? Like, like, stop this. Like, they're, they're going to, they've gone on vacation. They're going to Disney. They're going to Wolf, uh, what, Great whatever Wolf it's Lodge. called. Great, Great Wolf Lodge. They're going on, uh, you know, they're having sleepovers and they can't go to school? Yeah. Come on. Uh, Figure yeah. it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Um, all right. So here we um, when we left yes, uh, last week, when we posted the podcast right after um, Vice President, now, of course, uh, running for president, Joe Biden, announces Kamala Harris as his running mate. Give me all of your thoughts. You know, the DNC, the RNC convention started this week. What it was like the biggest talk of Tuesday afternoon last week and now throughout the week. I want all of your thoughts on that pick. Well, I have a lot of them. So right. listen, Kamala <laughs> okay. is she, she's she's a fine pick, right? She's an OK pick. She's not a great pick. She's not a bad pick. I think she's a neutral pick. Um, she you know, I've said this before. She you know, she's won statewide election in California twice. Uh, former attorney general uh, ran for president. Mm-hmm. I think she was. Uh, one of the chairs on the Judiciary Committee. Very, very, uh, you know, accomplished, pretty much a political career. Um, So she's fine. She's fine. Now, the negatives, first of all, I I just saw a poll yesterday that 71% of people will still not vote based on who the VP is. So even though Biden is 77, looks 100, (laughs) Um, acts like he's 120. Okay. Uh, well, all right. Yeah. No, I mean, he does. He, he just does. And I'll get to that in a second. So anyway, she's a good pick. I don't think she was the best pick. I think she, um, she didn't create any energy in her own campaign. She was criticized by the left for being moderate. The moderates criticized her for being a West Coast liberal. She had one of the most, uh, the highest liberal scores in the Senate. It's kind of funny to watch like the New York Times and the Washington Post come out and call her. I think the New York Times called her a a pragmatic moderate. 
Okay. Yet she had the highest liberal ranking in uh, the Senate, and she also wanted um, universal health care initially, and then flip flopped, and then flipped back. Uh, she's criticized Biden for being for for hanging out and and supporting and being friendly with segregationists. Yep, that was a big point when she they were that directly call him a racist, but she certainly implied it. Uh, so and clearly he got over that. Like, I I think I think he he went a safe pick. I think he I've said this last week. I think he's playing defense. He's trying to hold on to the lead. You know, for sports metaphors. He's trying to hold on to the lead. He's got a pretty good lead going into the fourth quarter. Yes. Right? Are they? Are, want, is it 15 points now, like a 15 percentage no, no, point? actually, so it's – no, not even close. So, listen, the outlier was the uh, – I believe it was the uh, NBC poll had it at 12. The CNN poll had it at 4 yesterday. And the okay. CNN poll also had the battleground states. Now, these are the battleground states together, not separate. All right. Only one for Biden. A one percent. Yeah. What? I yeah, thought, CNN oh. poll. Now this is CNN we're talking about. This isn't like Rasmussen or you know some fly by night. Emerson College, which had an A minus rating according to five thirty eight four years ago, had it at six, but had the battlegrounds at two. The, the, it has definitely tightened. There okay. is no doubt about it, which it usually does. These 12 and 15s are outliers. And I think if you saw a poll right now that had Trump up, that'd be an outlier too. I, you know, I said this, I think it's four to eight. I think if Trump gets it to three or four, he wins. If, if it's five plus Biden wins. So, you know, do you feel okay? But how do you feel about, I think, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. Well, no, no, no. I, I think sometimes you have a good pulse maybe on, people that lean left or sorry, lean right and what they're going to vote. So initially, like maybe a month ago on this show, we were talking about how a lot of people who voted for Trump the first time are really unimpressed and now are not going to vote. Do you feel like they're changing their minds back because of the Kamala pick or do you think? No, no, I don't think the Kamala pick is going to move. I don't think the Kamala pick is going to make someone move back to Trump. Definitely not. So, so in that sense, that's right. why I think she was a fine pick. Okay. Where, where I don't, where I don't think she was a great pick is in states like Wisconsin. You know, she, listen. At the end of the day, she's a West Coast liberal, right? She just is. Okay. And she, she, she was uninspiring. She's not a great orator. Um. So in Wisconsin, Florida. Oh, I think Florida will go Trump, don't you think? Well, we don't know yet. I mean, technically, you know, Biden's up in most polls by three to five. Ohio, which Trump was up eight or nine, you know, pre-COVID, 10 maybe, and now he's down two or three. Listen, if Trump's losing Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, I mean, it's a landslide. And again, you could have a 1% Biden win in all these states, and electorally, it's going to be a landslide and vice versa, right? I mean, Hillary won the popular vote by 2.8%, I believe it was. Right. And Trump won the electoral landslide. Or, I mean, relative landslide. Okay. Won by 100 plus, right? Where I, where I get in arguments with some of my you know, more liberal friends is everyone keeps saying, oh, Biden's ahead in the polls. He's in the basement. He's fine. I totally disagree. 
I think at the end of the day, it's still August. I think Biden's going to have to prove he's coherent. He can answer questions. He can perform well at the debates. I still don't believe this country will elect Biden just because he's not Trump. Now, I think that's 48 percent of the people. All right. Maybe even 50 percent of the people. But that other three to five percent, which Biden will need, I don't think they're going to vote for him just because. I think they want a coherent president that they know is not going to be beholden to the Bernie Sanders, AOC, Schumer, Pelosi, you know, on and on wing of the party, right? So um, I still think this country likes to elect a president that they want to lead. Yeah. They elected Trump because he was Trump. And again, regardless of what you think of Trump, he was elected because of Trump. Yeah, Obama absolutely. Obama was that. elected. Obama was elected because he was Obama. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. People so like the personality. Yeah. They, they they want their president to be president. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, in, in my opinion. And it's right now, be so juicy. Yeah. Biden hasn't proven. He can be presidential. In, in terms of a debate or answering questions or whatever. We need to see that. Certainly he's presidential on paper and based on his 44 sure. years in Washington. Although he's never created a job. He's never like. So these things. So well, now you, you can't have two argue people. that. I mean, he and Obama did create. They did so much. They created jobs, policies. No, no, I mean, no. I meant like he never led anything, right? He never. I mean, he's been in the he's been in the public sector political world for forty four years, right? Listen, I, I've said this. I'll, we can move on. If Biden does relatively well in the debates, if he doesn't have a a Dukakis moment. If he oh, doesn't Lord. have a Howard Dean moment, ah! he, I think he wins. But if he has a terrible moment or just does really poorly, you know, listen, I think they're going to try to protect him any way they can in these debates. And, and I don't know what that means. But oh, Good luck. Oh, God. Uh, it is going to be very fascinating. I'm also curious, you know, of course, we are in a defund police, you know, movement moment. Black Lives Matter. You're seeing it across the country. I mean, Kamala Harris has a very, um, you know, sordid past when it comes to her as a prosecutor. It's and how many people you don't think so? No, here's why. Why? I think she's on the side. Obviously, she's on the side of Black Lives Matter, as everyone should be. But I also think she's on the side of. Listen, that was her job. She was an attorney general. She followed the laws. I, I think that, again, I don't think people who don't like Trump or who are on the fence are going to, because of Kamala Harris, move back to Trump. I just don't see it. I don't. Now, you know, I think she's progressive enough. Okay. I think she certainly is, if something was to happen to Biden... She's presidential. Okay. Or sure. I'm not sure what that means anymore, but she's certainly presidential. Hey, yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, listen, I, I think if you're getting into the weeds about her, here's what I've said. I, I look at the Republican and conservative and the pro-Trump pundits on Twitter and stuff. And if they're talking about Hillary still and Benghazi and Obamagate and Harris's attorney general record and the fact that she said things negative about Biden, they're lost. They're lost. 
Yeah. That means that means they're in big trouble. Because if you can't A talk about Trump's record and B be directly critical about Biden's what he he's proposing and where he's at mm-hmm. and and your focus on Harris's attorney general record from years ago, you're done. Trump Ooh. loses. It's going to get so good in the next couple of months. It is, And people are obviously and, all and paying people attention. Should, people should know. look for that. Like when you look at these Republican, I shouldn't say Republican, pro-Trump pundits, look what they're talking about, right? If they're talking about like old 1972 videos of Biden, if they're talking about uh, – now, I do think the way Kamala treated Kavanaugh, that's relevant – I think that's recent. I think it was significant versus the way maybe she looked at Tara Reid differently with Biden. Although she said she believed Tara Reid and now that kind of went away, right? You obviously don't believe her that much if, you know, you're his running mate. You know, you, I mean. Well, the other thing is if she doesn't, if, if she should be able to come out and say, here's why I've changed my mind. I don't, listen, people change their mind. People see evidence. True. People see things Listen, I can believe something today and different tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. And that happens to everybody. You're right. You're right. But she should be transparent. She should be able to say to all females, here's what I saw in the Tyree case that changed my mind. Here's why I'm now willing to be Biden's running mate. But she she avoids it. Right. Right. Um, okay, so, you know, DNC, RNC conventions are underway. They're fairly lackluster, of course, because they're all online. You know, it's all digital. Um, yeah. There hasn't been a lot of excitement around it, except for Michelle Obama spoke yesterday, really went after Trump. You know, he's had lots of time yeah, to be able to rise yeah. to the occasion, hasn't been able to do it. Um, what are your thoughts so far on these conventions? Listen, it- I, I think it's I think they're listen, it's it's unfortunate that the conventions have to be what they are. You know, Michelle Obama's. Uh, speech was fine, but it was taped weeks ago. She didn't even, she didn't even, she couldn't reference Kamala Harris because she pre-taped it. Um, You know, I mean, to me, you should be able to do these things live still, right? We do live television every day. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't the DNC and the RNC do live speeches? Like why couldn't they go to Michelle Obama live somewhere? They obviously right? love the fact they don't have to be, right? I mean, maybe. No. And listen, if Biden is taped, and I don't know, you know, maybe I missed it. Do you know if he's going to be taped or not? Uh, I don't. I haven't read that. My guess is he'll be taped, and it'll be terrible. <laughs> like, if Biden can't give a live speech on Thursday night, <sighs> that's terrible. Oh, um, we should find that out. I, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I can. I'll, I'll try to Google here while I'm asking you about because, you know, the other big story this week is the Postal Service. Um, and, I, you know, it's interesting to watch Pelosi's called everybody back. They're trying to block essentially Trump reducing any sort of funding. Um, very controversial, of course, is the head of the post office, Louis, De, Louis DeJoy, who's now agreed to testify next week in a House hearing. Um And this all centers around a lot of people want to do mail-in voting with COVID, and they're expecting huge lines, people could get sick. So how do you, while you're unpacking and giving us your thoughts on that, I'll look and find out if if Biden is going to be live or not on Thursday night. But what is your thoughts on the Postal Service, you know, drama? I think it's uh, a completely exaggerated 
faux controversy. I think the United States Postal Service has been financially in trouble. Their service has diminished for the last 10 to 15 years, if not longer. There, there was an article yesterday, 11 years ago, on the front page, I believe it was the New York Times and the Atlantic, how the Postal Service should be privatized because it was so terrible. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me that people say they can't vote in, in person, yet, yes, I believe it was yesterday or the day before in front of DeJoy's house in, uh, I believe he lives in Greensboro, North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. There had to be 1,500 people in close proximity of each other just standing there, right? Yep. Um, listen, it's not just the Postal Service. What people aren't getting is even if the Postal Service is be able to get the mail, the, you know, the election ballots, the mail-in ballots to the proper locations in the state's to be counted in time, the states aren't prepared for it. You saw what happened in New York. New York, three months after the primary, still didn't have all the ballots counted. They lost, I believe, 30,000 ballots. You want to talk about disenfranchising voters? So, listen, I think, you know, if Trump's holding funding or, you know, Listen, the post office should be funded like it has in all years past. Right. I don't think there should be extra funding for it this year. I know the Postal Service sent out a, uh, like a note to everyone, to 46 states, saying if you don't have your mail-in ballots by this date, there's a chance they won't get there in time. That's just that's just fact. That's, their, that's how they operate. That's, that's the limitations of the Postal Service right now. And in addition, then again, the states probably won't be able to count them in time. So, listen, the mail-in thing helps the Dems. Um, do you have any faith, though, in President Trump? Don't you believe at this point that he would do anything? You know, he's going to do anything to win, to get reelected. And would you put it past him to do something illegal like slowing down the mail, like reducing budgets to the point that you can't even get, you know, you know enough votes in to call this election? I mean, I, I think That's nobody I think. has any trust in him. I don't have trust in any side. So, okay. I don't, I think if it was reversed, the Dems would be doing the same thing. I think you I do. Think we, I don't think they're that deceitful. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Just like they said for two years, Trump colluded with uh, his campaign, colluded with the Russians for two straight years. They okay. just couldn't prove it. There was yeah. definitely collusion. Oh, it was yeah. just not Adam, enough. Adam, Adam it Schiff. Wasn't enough. I've seen evidence. I've seen evidence. Just right. wasn't quite enough. No, but there was there illegal was no stuff evidence. happening. There, there was no evidence of collusion. Zero. Right. So listen, I I think right now we are at the worst, and certainly in my life, or, or certainly in my life that I've paid attention to politics, the division has never been greater. I saw an article this morning. We have become the Hatfield and McCoys, Republicans and Dems can't get anything done. There's no partisanship. There's no reaching across the aisle. They, they hate Trump so much. There's there's nothing getting done and vice versa. Do I put it past Trump to play games? No, I don't. But I wouldn't put it past the Dems to do the same thing. I think right now it's all about 
politics. It's like trying to get the stimulus, the, the, the third or whatever would be fourth stimulus bill for, for to people who really need it. You know, the Dems are putting all these extra things on it. The Republicans are doing the same thing. It's just a mess. It's an absolute mess. It's shameful. It's absolutely shameful. Well, it's scary, don't you think, in a bigger realm? You know, we obviously saw how Russia meddled in the election in 2016. You know, um, there's been lots of reports that Russia, China, they want to do that again. Yeah, I'm sure. I think the scary part is if we don't start uniting, you know, we are letting some of you know, countries that really are our enemy, you know, come in. And I think there's going to be bigger consequences down the road. Listen, I think if you don't listen, a lot of people don't like Trump. Okay. And I said this three years ago, Sarah, to you, and I said it two years ago and I said it a year ago, then beat him at the election, but you still have to run the government. You still, he's the president. People voted for him. A lot of people in the states that these senators and Congress people represent voted for him. Okay. That's what cracks me up. You have a senator from Maryland or a senator, like a Democrat from Maryland senator who just isn't always in lockstep with Schumer or Pelosi. But yet, you know, 42% of the Maryland, Marylanders voted for Trump. And well, by the way, 60% of them voted for Republican governor. What happened to getting elected by the majority, but representing all? That's yeah. gone. Congress people only represent their personal interest or Pelosi's interest. They're not re- now. Listen, Congress is different because you re- some people represent a large district, a small district, and in some cases you could win by eighty percent, ninety percent of the voters. But at the end of the day, what happened? Even if I didn't vote for you as a senator. You still represent me. Yeah, right. Working but with. You do, but they don't anymore. They don't even care what I think. They don't care. They are all for their own policies and the policies of the party. And that changed in the last 10. And that changed pre-Trump. This wasn't. Now, it's gotten worse. The rancor's gotten worse. The partisanship's gotten worse. Yeah. And part of that is Trump's fault for sure. But part also is the other side as well. Listen, Mitch McConnell said back when Obama was elected, my main goal is to get him unelected. That's to me kind of the way. Well, actually, I'd even go back further. The way they treated George W. Bush was despicable. The stuff they said about him. Who? The the Democrats, George W. Bush. Then what they did to Obama, saying they're just going to get him out. The birther thing, which was Trump. Terrible. And now, you know, listen, and then Trump, it's. On steroids, right? How, how how we treat everybody. Yeah, how we got here. Yeah. Uh, no, you make some you make some fascinating points to think about. I mean, I do think George W. Bush deserved a lot of criticism. I mean, we are still paying for that war that we got into that really resulted in a lot of American lives gone. And, you know, you can argue certainly ISIS, we controlled it for a while. There's a lot of stories that, you know, they're rebuilding and, and you know, that's going to they're always going to be our enemy. They don't want democracy to thrive. So, but you know, that I think George W. Bush continues to deserve a lot of criticism, that administration, and they lied to the American people. You know, we know that for fact now. So, you know, I think, and and Obama kept a lot of, had to keep that war going. I mean, you can't get out of it, you know, so continue to do a lot of that. And 
Yeah, no administration is going to be perfect, but you do have to have somebody that is going to listen, I think, to all sides and make this country come back together. And I do think of those people, you know, Biden and Kamala Harris probably have more of an interest in doing that than um, President Trump. I even actually think Pence is probably more. um, I mean, I, I disagree with almost all of his things, but I think he'd be more about uniting this country. I just think Trump has gone so far you know, the tweets, I don't think you can trust him with foreign nation. There's just so many issues with him. Yeah, listen, I'm not disputing that. That's not that's not my point. My point is, you know, at some point we have to get. Like, I don't believe just because Biden wins, this is going to go away. It may diminish a little bit because of the hatred toward Trump. But you want to debate policy. Let's we need to get back to debating policy. And compromise. Because you know what? At the end of the day, most Americans, I would say most Americans were center right 12 years ago. I probably would say now they're center left. Yeah. But they're not progressives. They're not for open borders. They're not for universal health care. They're not for uh, free college tuition. But they're also not for some of the policies on the right, too. Right. So. They're not for what's happening in Portland or New York City. I mean, but don't you think this is always the way it goes? I mean, I think you're seeing New York City almost go back to the 80s when it was so dangerous to live there, when it was, you know, a lot. It was unfortunately a very question. Why do you think Biden could help fix that? That's not a Trump problem. That's a progressive socialist. No accountability problem. I said this to you three years ago, Sarah. I said this to you three years ago when when Washington, D.C. passed the law that you could jump a turnstile and have no accountability. Like, I know that sounds like a little thing. Yeah, but, but it is like it is. But, it's, then it beca- but then it became something else. Now you got Minnesota saying that they're going to reduce the 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 um, the statute for if you assault a police officer. Right. Like, well, you're going to because you know this. It swings. The pendulum swings so far and so like to the left, to the right. I think we are going into a very left where where we're going to let the left, though, the left's the smartest people. They know how to use social media. They know how to create a cancel cancel culture. They know how to honestly be bullies on social media. But you know, for every re- you know, for every action, there's a reaction. If if we go to Obama, if we go to Biden and Kamala, and you know, it becomes the wild, wild west. We defund police. You know, there's going to be huge consequences. Absolutely, and yeah. People lose, are, he'll lose it. He'll lose in four years. He'll lose in sure. four years, and maybe that's what we need to get that moderate candidate. Maybe the country needs to go. We went far right. We've seen extremism from Trump. Listen, maybe we need to go left. I think if Biden, if Biden truly governs. I don't think we'll go far left, right? I think you'll have whole certainly move more left than he was 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago as a politician. But I don't think we'll go far left. I also think at the end of the day, people like Biden and Harris know they have to protect the United States. They do. Yeah. I think when you become president, vice president, at the end of the day, now, you know, I I think you know you have to protect the United States from, from both foreign and domestic activities hell yes yeah they don't want to see us thrive but i don't what i what what i find disheartening a little and trump goes overboard on one hand law and order they're crazy right but at the same time you don't hear pelosi say anything about what's going on in san fran 
the, the desperate times in San Francisco but or here, Portland or Seattle. I don't believe when you say like, but Trump doesn't want law and order either because Trump is president right now. Yes, well, he's I'm running. Not, he's, I'm not arguing his policy. I'm just saying. Yeah, but why isn't he? You know, he he barks all the time, but he's not doing anything to has help. Has Schumer said anything of what's going on in New York City? The high crime, the poverty. Like, where but are what's these Trump politicians? Doing about it? They don't. They never criticize their own ever, ever, ever. Like, like somebody's got to criticize somebody. I mean, listen, Larry Hogan doesn't like Trump, but they are both Republicans. And Larry Hogan, governor of Maryland, not afraid to criticize Trump. Susan Collins, she's probably going to lose Maine because people criticize her for not criticizing Trump enough. But she has. McCaskill. uh, I mean, not McCaskill. um, uh, I care. I just lost my train of thought. But there have been many... Republican senators who have criticized Trump, a lot, some of which didn't run again. Yes, so, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they, uh, they've gotten listen. out. But that sucks, too. They've gotten out when we need them as a voice. I mean, it is we are at this real tipping point for politics in this country. And, you know, part of me thinks we need a Joe Biden just to kind of calm things down. Right. Right. Like, yeah. And that's why I said to you a few weeks ago, Sleepy Joe. I don't think that's the worst nickname in the world. I think actually that helps him a little bit. Because I think right now America wants a little sleepy. Yeah, they're tired of the unrest. Absolutely. Um, I want to just touch on something really quickly. How do you feel about Trump? I mean, a lot of debate about this Israel-UAE deal that he did that essentially creates a level of peace and, um, you know, hopefully for years to come, no violence against Israel. You know, Trump didn't get a lot of credit for that. Um, but do you oh, think that's boy. a historic deal? Do you think that's something positive from his his um, cabinet? What do you think? I'm no, I'm not an Israeli uh, expert. US yeah, me neither. But expert by any means. So I look at people who I truly believe try to be fair. You know, some people from Politico, some people from Axios, some people from uh, some other places, and. All, you know, almost to, 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 to a person, they said it was historic. Um, you need to listen. No, what I do know is no, no Israeli deal is a good, is a great peace deal without the Palestinians. But having said that, listen, it's a very good step. To your point, I think if Obama did the exact same deal, it would have gotten more, more press, more praise. I, I it's sad where we are, I think, where many people who considered themselves journalists just four years ago or eight years ago, they've become pundits. They just have. And it's, you know, it's sad. It's sad that, you know, you know, we where we're at, where um, we're at on that front. I, I just, you know, news, news should be. News should be unbiased. News should be fact-based. News should be rhetoric-free. You know, it doesn't sell. It doesn't sell. Sorry, pick a side. There's yeah. no money in the middle. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait. I want to know your thoughts. It was also another historic week for the Washington Football Team. Uh, yes. Now having Jason Wright as their president, yeah. who replaces. Oh my God. Why am I? Uh, who was just fired in 2019? Uh, Bruce Allen. So uh, now Wright says he's going to report directly to Snyder. He says, yep. you know, we've heard this 
a, a million times in this town, but Snyder's apparently going to be hands off, you know, right? Is going to handle the business of the team. I don't believe that for one second, but it is historic. He is the first black man to hold that position and certainly yeah. says, you know, it's very, he says he's very honored because obviously it shows that the NFL organization as a whole is shifting gears and really giving people of color, you know, more of a voice. So that in that way, I think it's awesome. Do you think it's he just, makes the listen, big change think, or impact? Well, A, I think it's historic. Obviously, it is historic. Yep. B, I listen, I'm going to give Snyder the benefit of doubt for the time being. You know, you know I listen, I think Ron Rivera, minority coach, was is has is a great coach. I think he did a great job in, in Carolina. I think um, for whatever reason, he's. It looks like he's cleaning house a little bit. They are changing the name. I think that was forced on him, but at the end of the day, he's still doing it. Um, I think the fact that he's hiring a true general manager is 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 great, and and obviously the first black general manager or president, I should say, president is is tremendous. Um, we'll see. You know, listen, I. I'm, I, I'm, I like to give – it's a football team, so I like to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? Right, right. Um, but, um, but we'll see. Another sports story, we always love talking a little sports on your show. Uh, um, the Seattle Seahawks player who was cut after trying to yeah. sneak his girlfriend in dressed <laughs> as a guy. Uh, now, I thought this was quite clever. Was it, was it his girlfriend? Well, I guess, I don't know, whatever, like someone he was seeing or whatever. He tried yeah. to dress her up as a Seattle Seahawks player um, and then immediately cut. Don't you think that was a little harsh? I mean, the guy was just a poor oh, guy. One, I mean, great, great, great effort on his part. Just, <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, he's a lonely 23-year-old. The poor guy was just trying to get some, and now he's completely lost his career. This was like a strong move by them. Well, A, my guess is he wasn't that good. Because I don't think they would have cut him if he was a star. Oh, you think so? Okay, no. okay. Number one. You're probably number right. Two, All right. <laughs> number two, I applaud his effort. <laughs> well, wasn't that good? Apparently, he they knew ne- he needs to get a better disguise. I guess they knew she was a woman. I uh, guess pretty quick. Yeah, and um, <laughs> what else am I going to say about? <laughs> just, okay. Any other stories? I mean, lots of pop culture stuff that's happening. You know. Um, do you think the Ellen show is kaput? Now she parted this morning. Three producers yeah, gone. Three produ- no, I think the show comes. I listen. I think the show comes back. I think. I believe I read there was two more years on it to twenty twenty two. I believe. I, I think it runs its course and then it goes away unless more comes out. The question is, you know, what's our fan base do? Um, yeah, do they come back or are they so put off? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if they're The big one fans. thing that I noticed with, and again, I followed it the first few days and then kind of lost interest, to be honest. The um, the lack of support she got from Hollywood was telling to me. Ooh, that's okay. I like this theory. Keep going, yes. No, I just, it's it was noticeable, right? It was noticeable the lack of support she got. I think you could count on one hand. Katy Perry, Kevin Hart, there were like, I don't, that actually might have been it that came out in support of her. I'm trying to think of somebody. Very few people yeah. who you would have thought would have said, Ellen's the best. She's done this. She's this. She's that. She's the greatest thing. Uh, Oof, you know, that is telling. Uh, Patrick, where is... Okay, uh, people can Patrick, follow you. Patrick, GM, Fox 5 we'll DC. See you next week. All right, Sarah.